podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Mm. God, that's muted. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you're building. Build it. Well, I, I don't know what you're building, if that's the start to it. Pod 194, wow. which incidentally must be the number of uh, days since Palace last kept a, a clean sheet, I would have thought. Kevin Day, welcome. Hello there. I've also got Travis Endicott returning again. Hello. And a pod debut. Ooh. About the most exciting thing Palace related that's happened in, in, in recent times. Jesse Boyce, FYP designer extraordinaires, joining us on the pod. Good evening. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, peak crisis point. Yep. Well, we um, thought we thought we had a man who might be able to help us with the crisis here. A maximum whinge potential. Well, we won't be whinging about our sponsors. That's for sure. Nice. And nice. thank you. It's getting more JD. Nice. 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 Yeah, I've, I've been practicing. Um, we're of course sponsored by Vector who uh, will furnish you with all your print and embroidery needs, or, f- or deal with all your print and embroidery needs, and that's vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a K. And we're also sponsored, of course, by uh, JC Innovation and Strategy, the mm. uh, South mm. London Innovation and Strategy people. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fun enough. Very JJ. Yeah, 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 it's kind of like the branding Ron Seal. Um, if you want to visit their <laughs> website, go to jc-is.com. I certainly will. Right, that's there's, there's only one. Jesse, steady. Only one person yeah, yeah, gets to say I will. Only an endicott. No, we know, we know <laughs> you're doing. You have curly hair. It's got to be, it's got to be an endicott. I missed out on the K for Vectors. <laughs> one it. of us isn't here, we don't even <laughs> mention the sponsor. I feel like this is one of the weeks where we probably want to just talk about the sponsors for an hour or so rather than talk about the football, but we've got well, to. Well, I, I could plug the new study centre calendar if you're short of Christmas presents. Well, go on. No, no, why not? The study centre, we've got a, a Icons of Palace calendar coming out, which is very good, with some really good photographs. Are you in it? Uh, no, it's icons of Palace okay. <laughs> and some middle-aged fans. Oh, there we go. Uh, I've uh, also so got... that, that's available next home game in the fan zone from the study centre stall. Uh, I've also got a, a note from our erstwhile and missing host, uh, James Daly. Who, who, I'm, I'm not entirely sure where he is tonight. Do you, I've got do, do, do you, do you have to know, Kevin? I've got a feeling because you told me, <laughs> despite him telling you not to, that... He's at a musical. He's at a musical. He's at Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> so he'll be humming the show tune. Other musicals are available, yeah. of course. I mean, I wouldn't recommend visiting any of them, but, yeah, you know. Whereas, whereas James Endicott has had to work at short notice, JD's gone to a musical. Well, it, you know. It's quite <laughs> fitting, though, isn't it? Because if musicals were related to Premier League teams and he sees Palace on a weekly basis, he might as well go and see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because it's mm. as bad. Well, this is As the thing. The, the, the first question that, uh, well, not question, but talking point that JD has left for us because uh, he, he felt that he'd miss out a little bit if he didn't do something for the pod. So he's given us some talking notes. Is why has he not got some proper gloves on rather than those 
No, no, it's, 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 not, it's not to do with his uh, lack of sartorial elegance. I introduced my, my, my cousin down, who's a northern lad who's training with Palace, very northern. I introduced to JD. More than my dad? I've never seen, oh, much more than your dad, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never seen my cousin's eyebrows go so far up in his head when he got introduced to JD. <laughs> What's he got on his hands? <laughs> can, he not, can he not afford a full pair of gloves? So I, so I explained the whole Shoreditch cocktail in the jam jar phenomenon to him. Yeah. I'd imagine that was quite <laughs> quite something foreign to yeah. someone from Manchester. Yeah. But speaking from of something Bradford, else from Manchester, yeah, obviously, oh, yeah. Manchester City. Yeah. Um, I mean, against the team like Manchester what's, what's City, JD you're not necessarily... JD, you said JD left. Well, he, he, he left a first opening question. We didn't play that badly, but does that even matter if we keep losing? No. It's. No. Uh, I was talking to a Chelsea fan at work today. Just slightly, the odd thing is that we have arguably the best squad we've had certainly in the Premier League years. We're not playing badly, which are reasons for keeping the manager, but we can't win games, which is a reason not to keep the manager. And, and yes, we, we played all right against City, and if we'd played like that against Liverpool, we might have got a better result against them. If we played like that away to Burnley, we might have lost. But in the end, it's just, you can't keep making those stupid mistakes. And if it comes back to the thing we say week in, week out, are those mistakes down to individual errors or are they down to the system? But see, that was the third time Man City had tried that corner. It's the third time. It shouldn't need a message to be got onto the pitch. It shouldn't need arguments after. It's just ludicrous. The, you know, the, the, their first goal, yes, it was unlucky it was a deflection, but there were four separate individual errors leading up to that goal. And we shouldn't have been trying to play football facing that direction in our own half. And it's just like, it's just so frustrating because. City didn't look particularly strong. That's a team that beat Barcelona. And we, yeah, yeah, we were good, but we weren't. We weren't so good that you'd come away thinking, God, that was unlucky. That's a that's a career-saving performance. And even at the end, people saying to me afterwards, "Oh, so unlucky with punching punching shot right at the end." It's like, well, punching that time to take a touch. Zahar beat beat the fullback for the first time in the game. Why hadn't he done that before? How many times did Benteke get a header on goal facing the goal? It's just this. For all the things that were right, there were so many things that were wrong. And when when we it's yet another home game that's that's gone by without victory I mean defensive errors were again rife right on show and rife at what point Jesse does it become you know the individual's mistake and at what point do you start blaming the manager for stuff like that well the thing is it's obviously Kelly's coming for so much criticism yeah. and he's there he's just on display it was horrible to see him go up against Sterling it was a lamb to the slaughter there but the left-back position has been a problem for a long time. It's even last season. I d- it gave me flashbacks just thinking about Suarez. I know he's been unfortunate with his car crash and everything, but he's been the point. The left-back position has been the point that, of our weakness that other teams have been targeting for a long time. I went to Arsenal away last year, the 1-1, and an Arsenal friend of mine said, I'm going to bet on Arsenal to score first. Where's the weak link? I said, well, left-back. Mm. He said, well, I'm going to bet on away we to score first then, because he was right-wing. Teams come out, they set up. He's put Sanchez on the right wing, yeah. and he's like, well, "You got that wrong." I said, "No, Wenger knows." Yeah. And who scored? Yeah. He beat Suarez at the back post, and I get memories along that kind of trajectory. If you look at Mares when he scored uh, the one nil at Celeste, yeah. he just popped inside Suarez. The left back position is where to get us, no matter if it's Kelly or Suarez. Not since the days of Dean Moxie. We've <laughs> never, never replaced Dean Moxie. So is it, as, is it as simple then, Trav, do you think, as, as you know, struggling on to January and bringing in a new left-back? Or does it go deeper than that? Deeper. Definitely deeper. It's a leading question, so I'm glad you got the right It's definitely a deeper problem than that because it's the left-back position 
We're only missing Soiree because we have someone at left back who defensively, in my opinion, is a championship defence. Soiree's a championship left back attacking wise, but a, I mean, a Premier League uh, left back attacking wise, but a championship defender left back. So you need someone who can do both parts of the game because like I've said millions and millions and millions of times on this pod that left back and right back are becoming more and more and more integral parts of the game as is being highlighted with these 3-5-2 formations that are popping up or 3-5-3 or whatever when you have these wing backs look at Moses now striving you need those types of players so we need to I think we need to bring in someone in January like we should have done in the summer on both sides that can be up and down Physically, they can do the job. Um, Fitness-wise, they can do the job. Technically, they can do the job. And it's turning out to be one of the most important parts on the field in terms of in the Premier League. And it's the two areas where we are potentially weakest, even with Suarez in the team. We're looking a lot weaker at left-back now Suarez isn't in the team. Even though last season we were still moaning that he probably wasn't good enough defensively, mm. it's highlighting that he's probably a lot better defensively than we gave him credit for. And it almost makes you think that just having a left-footed player at left-back would make a hell of a difference. So as much as I don't want to say it, I think Friars would do as good of a job as Kelly's doing defensively at left-back and help us out a lot more attacking-wise. Because there was a couple of times where the ball did break down the left side and Kelly couldn't attack on his left foot. And it was just like, oh, if only, if only the ball had fallen to anyone else on the pitch. Fries was injured, presumably, was he? He was not in the bench, was he? That's what was it? Okay, right, yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't, I, if he that, wasn't, that had kind of passed me by the end of the if game. He, if, he was, if he was not injured, then there's no logic to that at all. But, it's but, not, but it's, it is a lot deeper problem, definitely is, a lot the, deeper the, the problem. Is, we, we, we need a left-back full stop. And I don't it, think, I think when Suarez, we are missing Suarez, but I don't think when he comes back, he is the answer to everything. I still think he even needs to be replaced when he comes back. The same as Ward. I think that is the two positions we need to... 100% strengthen on in order to advance and carry on in this uh, upwards trajectory that we are. Because I actually, I think they're competent enough as defenders, but defending's not enough for those positions anymore. We no, don't, yeah, we don't exactly. give the other teams a problem. We don't push their wide players back. Their wide players are free to attack as much as they want. Their full-backs can get full as much as they want. And it, it is just as bad on the right-hand side, and it's quite clear that other managers are, are, are watching us, mm-hmm. as Jesse just said, because the the first uh, chance they had, which they very nearly scored from, was about nine minutes in, which came from Ward being sucked in again, so he's almost a third centre-back, and Zahar wasn't paying attention, and there was acres of space down that side. And it was almost exactly exact copy of the West Ham goal and the first Liverpool goal. So it's clear that other teams, because that's what other teams do, they do their homework, they know where we're vulnerable. And, and the fact is that... There's still not enough. I thought Kabai had a really good game on on Saturday. I think he had one of his best games. But it's still, but it's still not enough defensively. There's still and there's still no shape and no system to the defence as well. It's it's reactive all the time. It's it's we're always looking to see what the other team does and then react to that. I was watching West Brom on Monday night and. I don't want to go back to the Pulis days, but there's, I think there's probably only one or two players in the West Brom team that get into ours. Maybe Brun, maybe Rondon. I don't know, but. Every single time Burnley tried to launch an attack, the West Brom players knew where they should be. Every single down the right hand side, the wide players didn't have a sniff because the midfield players dropped back. They were clear system. That's that's what we lack so much, and it's just and it's which stem back, it's, it stems back to the previous question: Is it a player problem or, or, is, no, it, or is it a tactical? It's, it's, it's a tactical, definitely it's a tactical systemic, problem. and it's laudable that we're trying to play football. But no team in the world, Barcelona doesn't play football on the edge of their own box. 
with the, you know, facing their own goal. And City didn't do that. There were times well, yeah, that, on City that you've got to be practical. If you have to hoof it, hoof it. They did yeah. on numerous occasions. Yeah. And that's what gave away our first goal was Townsend trying to give the ball when maybe he shouldn't have done it. And it was a misplaced pass. And then Kelly, and he was even setting up, looked like he was just going to hoof it. And I was like, just please hoof it now. <laughs> Kick it out to the side. The amount of times that um, Sanya just lofted it out to the side because they tried to do a little passing with Bravo and it wasn't working. It was like, all right, this is all going to go tits up if I don't just knock the ball out and I will end up giving the ball away just go but, just but go direct to be, it's almost like their players are scared it's almost like they're going Pardew's going right you're going to be fined if you don't pass it to someone's feet doesn't, doesn't matter if it's your own player just pass it to any player yeah. on the field as yeah. long as it's but to I've, feet I've got to say to, in Kelly's defence I don't think Kelly was the one person who shouldn't be blamed for that goal well, and I agree with everything that we've talked about with Kelly and he needs, 50, to, 50. needs to be replaced but his body shape was quite clear he wasn't set to take the ball he was, he was sideways on and it was a it was a poor ball to him in the first place. It wasn't the ball he could it control. Was, it was, but he was stretching. He was stretching. He was on the stretch anyway. There was not a lot else he could do. He had to get a foot to it, and that's pretty much all he did. So, I, and and also there was still three or four phases of that move before City scored the goal. Yeah. So it's, it, all those people that were blaming Kelly and Kelly alone, I think, were really, really unfair. I think also needs to be a little bit of a spotlight on Dan. It feels like he's been rushed back from injury. Not he came into the team wasn't yeah. ready. Doesn't seem himself. So I've, I've got a question for you here then, Jesse. Mm. He's not... That's again going to be a bit of a leading question, but has the captaincy affected him? Because it seems to have coincided with that, or is it just, again, there's sort of wider, more systemic issues with the team affecting him? We, he sort of got our season on track with that header against mm. Bournemouth, didn't he? And that's when he started to feel like he was taking responsibility. Um, ended up up front, didn't he, for the last few minutes, <laughs> again, on Saturday. Um, but it just feels like the Liverpool game. It just it wasn't him, was it? He, he was flat-footed for that Lovren goal, was it? Yeah. Mm. Um, and doesn't seem to be vocal enough. He should be well, the guy spotting no one's defending that corner that, on Saturday. I'm glad you. That's a really good point from Jessica because we talked about that during the game. He seems to have stopped talking on the pitch. He seems really quiet, and it was, it was noticeable three or four times when Teki came about 10, 15 yards to have a go at Dan, and Dan in particular. The stuff that was going on. There's once when Dan just hoofed the ball towards Benteke, but then you're quite. It's got to be the captain that takes responsibility. He's, he's an experienced defender. It's, it's just nonsense about blaming Jung Young Lee for it. It's just absolutely ludicrous. I mean, and it's, it's just typical Pardew. It's just another little smokescreen. But it's got to be the two central defenders. It's got to be somebody taking responsibility for that. It's, it's, unfor- it's if, unforgivable. If you the City, City tried that free kick, uh, that corner. It was the third time they tried the, a variation on that corner. It's, you shouldn't. Have, it, shouldn't come down to getting a message. In, in the same the way that we it? slated Sunderland for Absolutely. Zo- zonal marking yeah, and then yeah, yeah. giving Benteke 10 yards, imagine if we were Sunderland fans on that podcast. Yeah. We'll we'll be slating them <laughs> as much as we're slating <laughs> Palace right now. It's the same direct thing. Well, just, and it's also what's interesting is that so many Palace fans said to me on Saturday throughout the day, Pardew fans as well, the, 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 the words until the last minute of Burnley was used so many times because that goal the, the goal from the corner was exactly the same it's unforgivable to, to concede two goals at Burnley in exactly the same fashion from our own set play attacking set play that was unforgivable that corner was unforgivable to, to concede that goal Hennessy went down too early nobody was nobody was, seemed to have a clue that what City were doing even though they set up exactly the same way as they had done twice and that's a sign of a team that's really short on confidence. And it's a sign of a team that aren't scared of the manager, as far as I'm concerned. And it's a sign that the coaching staff haven't think, got... And the, the, the sight, like you said, Street, the sight of Chung Yong Lee looking forlornly towards the bench, <laughs> almost as though he knew. Like, he's always, you can see him looking around going, yeah, my, I definitely speak worse English than anybody else is. This is going to be my fault, isn't it, basically. And it was just... If you look at our side, though, with the subdued Dan 
and you've not got Delaney next to him, who's also quite vocal. Yeah. You've lost Jednak from last year. Absolutely. Lost look, there's a bit of passion missing from our team. Lost Balassi mm. as well, and yeah. Balassi's defending, and I still think that was good business, but defensively, yeah. Balassi did a lot of stuff down the left hand side. Well, even Balassi in terms of characters. Was he, he was an outlet, think. wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Well, not only that, but Balassi's ta- he tackled back. I mean, Balassi mm. was quite often just in front of. Kelly, he covered up for a lot of you know, him and him and Suarez. I think if Balassi was still in our team, we could have potentially experimented with one, one of those three-five-three formations already. Yeah. If you, I think the, the only time reason why we haven't experimented with that already is because he's not in the team. We don't have a physically big enough person and fast enough person on the right hand side. Well, if, yeah, you could you could do it with Zeki Fries as a wing back, but there's no one to do it on the right hand side. And I think you could do it with Suarez yeah. as well when he's there, but yeah. there's no one still on the right. Well, we have got but some. Yeah, we are missing a lot of players. We've got some big men in the team, obviously, and we started with one of them on Saturday in Benteke, and then we brought Wickham on mm. for the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up scoring a goal. Good He's looked a bit more lively over the last couple of matches. Is is now the time to be starting him up front with Benteke, Jesse Boyce? Well, I looked it up because I was thinking about Wickham, and that that was his first league goal at Salas on Saturday. Was it? Yeah. Mm. Quite remarkable, that's not yeah. It? Which was it was bugging me because I thought I bet it is, and it, and it was. Wow. Wow. So it is quite encouraging to see him making that step now. He's obviously got competition for places. He's finding himself on the bench. It's difficult to say. It feels crazy to say they should both be playing up front together from the off. It just doesn't feel right to say yeah. that. If you're going to go to up front, it almost feels like where well, it should be Gale and a big man. Yeah. So you can't get away from that sort of obvious uh, conundrum. But I think. He's going to find it hard to leave Wickham out when he scored two and two off the bench. Well, also good goals as well. And they were yeah. they were goals that I don't think Wickham would have scored last season. Because I think last season he would have snatched at that. Uh, two pretty good finishes, really. Well, they were. Yeah, the I mean, first the, touch the, the, for the goal against Man City was well, amazing for his strike. Well, exactly, because most of us assumed that once he took a first touch, that was it, that was the end of the story. But it was a really powerful shot. But also, for all that Pardew talked about Penteke closing... City down. He did for about eight minutes. He had a little spell when Wickham came on when he thought, I'm going to join in. But Wickham, defensively, Wickham does so much more because he just stops their centre backs playing in a way that Benteke doesn't. And if, if Wickham can keep scoring, and I, I mean, I've, I think Benteke is probably undroppable. Uh, I assume, I'm not sure if there's rumours about stuff in his contract, but I think Pardew's a little bit enthralled to Benteke because Pardew wants to surround himself with, with A list top class international players. Mm-hmm. He's not likely to drop him, but Wickham's certainly given him a problem. But again, it's it's reacting, isn't it? It's again we talked because we talked in the Porson's arms before and the rumor that he was going to start with four four two, but he doesn't. He changes it when things are going. At least he did it at half time. To be fair, well, we, we've I mean, got we've got nearly twenty minutes into this pod without discussing the big question <laughs> and the one that's dominating <laughs> social media uh, in just about every facet. And that's obviously the future of, of Alan Pardew. We'll come on to the Swansea game specifically in mm. part three, as we always do. But there were some pretty damning statistics there at the moment, aren't there? Aren't there? There's the, the statistic of 2016 lowest points total per game out of all 92 all clubs at 0.71, I think. There's the, the stat that since Pardew has taken charge at Palace, we've got the lowest clean sheets in all of the leagues as well. And we've also considered... games won. Fewest games won yeah. and conceded the most from set pieces this season of yeah. any team in the Premier League. Is 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 it now getting to the point where all of these stats are mounting up to to make his position untenable? Well, first of all, talking about set pieces, 
City, sent off to the game. City, after about 10 minutes, City obviously realised they could give away as many free kicks as they wanted. Because <laughs> we had, what, eight or nine throughout the game? Our, our, del- our delivery of set pieces was just shocking. And we seemed totally confused by the fact that City defended quite a high line. We had no answer to that. And both Kabai and Punchin, I don't think, put a decent ball in all afternoon. No, they didn't. And so there was about three. There was about three balls that didn't beat the first. They didn't beat the first man. So 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 change it. There are other players out there. If it's not working for either of them, to get somebody else to take the free kick, have another plan for the three kicks. But the set pieces thing is, it's but the thing about all those statistics that you just said, they're only a little bit worse now than they were two weeks ago or at the end of last season. Mm. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I I think I, I there's. To me, I don't think there's any appetite to lose Pardew from from the club, from Parish or from the Americans. I think I think the nature of the game against Swansea, if we play well and lose, I think Pardew's fine. I, I think they're going to they think that we'll get through this calendar year and see what see if it changes in because everyone's made so much of a fuss about 2016. I think they've written it off because if they were going to sack him, they've got they've had plenty of chances to sack him now. It makes but we've got. We've got three winnable. Well, we haven't because one of them's at home. But we, so we've got two winnable <laughs> games, away, and it's the nature of the performance that that matters. We have to get a clean sheet in one of those games. Swansea must be the most winnable game in the Premier League at the moment. A team that are probably even shorter on confidence than than we are that haven't taken to the new manager that made seven changes on Saturday will probably do the same again. Well, it's one of the two managers yeah. that has worked worse yeah. odds to getting sacked or better so, odds to getting sacked. So that's, worse a, that's odds to getting sacked than yeah. Pardew. And, and Hull as well are arguably the other team that are worse than us at the moment. So they're, they're games that if you get seven points out of the next three games fine if he doesn't I still don't think they'll sack him I think they'll say let's start again in 2017 but I've had that let's feeling. give him some money and let's see who he brings well, this in it, but this is, he's already spent 50-60 million in the summer I don't think Parrish wants to be that guy that gives a, a, a manager that amount of money to spend I need to sack him a few months later he doesn't well, want to be that guy yeah also and because they're going to have to give somebody some money in January because mm-hmm. we will have to buy a left back we will have to get a, a, right, a right, right back there's no doubt about it we'll probably have to get some more defensive cover Delaney was the defensive cover on the bench on Saturday for and him, I still think we need for a like, for like Yedinak replacing Central midfield to shut up yeah. shop when we are winning one when it comes to 70 minutes yeah. so there's someone on the pitch that doesn't go alright yeah well, it's 2-2 two, two, let's stick yeah. nine They're players old. in the box yeah. in <laughs> the last minute this is, this is my biggest issue with Pardew it's, it's just feast or famine it's just um, it almost feels like he plays as though you don't get anything for a draw that's the way yeah. it, it kind of feels yeah. to me it's like it's three points for a win nothing for a loss and nothing in between yeah. because there's no logic to the way that he's been trying he doesn't defend a lead let alone a point yeah. And the Burnley game is most recent, where you've clawed it back to two-two. Now I had one, had a flashback to Pulis, who played Paddy McCarthy once, his one and only Premier League appearance for us. I think just brought him on to play five at the back to yeah. defend the lead, and it's that sensibility. You got Delaney on the bench. If, yeah. I don't know if he was in that game. I can't remember. But say yeah. for Saturday, you just got to kind of count your blessings and just defend that lead because you do get a point, Alan. For a draw. <laughs> well, also, you know, if you look at our and you, possession, and you get you get confidence within the team for gaining points and not throwing yeah, away things it, in the it, last minute. It, exactly. If we'd got a, if we'd got a point at Burnley, we'd all be happy. If we'd got a point against Man City, we'd all be happy. And the fact is that our possession stats went back to Pulis days. It was back to like thirty three percent. There wasn't a single Palace fan who was unhappy with that. If we'd brought somebody on to defend that, keep the point, and it was back to the wall for ten minutes, I'd have been perfectly happy. But but it's. Of course, we don't. But the thing about feast or famine, every single fan of other clubs says to me, "Oh, well, that's, that's what Pulis is like. He's always like that. He wins five, loses five. It's like, no, not a Palace. He doesn't. 
that loses five is fine. If we went, if we if we won five, lost five, I'd be delighted. We've won five all year. There's none of this. This we win two, lose two. It's not happening. We've won five all year. We yeah. lose, 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 draw, and then we win and we celebrate. It's like yeah. And I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we should be going out there being cautious, trying to trying to play for a point. The point is. Oh yeah. Once we've got the point. Yeah. Yeah. No, the point <laughs> is, um, Pardew doesn't know how to stop the rot. No. He just doesn't know how. He doesn't like to, to defend the lead. He just doesn't like. He, if if we're drawing two two with five minutes to go, he'll gamble on getting a three two winner. And as we saw at Burnley. It's going the other way for us. He's but obsessed to playing pretty football. That's, that's, that's that, the problem. But how many times have we said this? It, it isn't either or. It isn't Pulis or Guardiola. There is a way in between. Yeah. And the fact is, uh, at Burnley, we had an attacking situation. You could still attack, but leave two, leave some people behind. Don't attack with everybody. That was the that was the problem with that. I've got no problem with the positive intent. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'd rather they did that than took the ball into the corner. But at the same time, leave two or three players back. That's what I've, that's what everybody else would do. That's what City would do. Well, there's Don't been, obviously there's been stories in the tabloids this week That's about him. We won't mention the tabloid yeah. quite pointedly, um, but there's been stories about him being potentially replaced. Obviously, his odds have now got to the point where you wouldn't probably even want to punt f- on it because you're not going to make too much profit, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. I mean, is he on the brink? Which journalist that- was it in the paper that... Well, then that would uh, give away what, what, what paper it was. Oh, right. Although, incidentally, uh, Stop Lush- Press... Uh, the Evening Standard said this evening that his job's probably safe. Well, I thought it was interesting that Kabai uh, felt we had to speak out publicly and say the players are blaming themselves and not and not him. And that's a big part of the reason you don't get any sense. You don't get any sense, really. I mean, he's not being hounded that like Newcastle fans tell us we're doing. We're not hounded. It's, it's remarkable how unhounded he's been, considering the, the actual results. And the fact is we can see some of the football, but we can also see the fact that we're not winning... Winning games, but I, the, it depends who the journalist. I mean, if if it was Neil Ashton in that particular newspaper, it was not. Well, in that case, it's, the story <laughs> is probably wrong. Then it was case. it was from the same journalist and, and make of this what you will, uh, who said that Will Sahar was going to Watford in the summer. Well, that's definitely, <laughs> and there's a, a potential possibility, given the manner in which it was worded, that it was potentially the two managers who were named as. Possible well, just, replacement talent themselves around uh, Mr. Allardyce and Mr. Coleman, but saying that Palace hadn't contacted Allardyce and that Coleman would be interested, which you can always infer from that what you but, want to, really. I, th- I think what it is is partly a reflection of the fact that journalists, like other fans, can't understand why there isn't more of a clamour theme. To be. It's the same as the end of last season. I mean, the FA Cup glossed over a lot of cracks last season, mm-hmm. but it's. It is. I still think it's slightly astonishing that it hasn't been more of a. You know, the fans still behind him on match days. There's no. It was quite a positive response at the end of the game because you can see there's no lack of effort or commitment. It's just a lack of quality from players. I think the fact that the team got clapped off on Saturday. That's why. Because we did play well. I think Palace fans are realistic, and that's the reason why I don't think he is being shunned as as there's no booers yet. Because us as a club, we've always taken pride in the fact that we are a family and we get behind our team mm. highlighted in what happened on Saturday with all the recent tragic events yeah. it proves the togetherness of our club and it's almost like even if people felt a certain way about the manager they feel as though oh but it's not part of our club to, we, we have, we have mm. to get we have to get behind what we've got because of what we did to have and this and that and it almost just feels as though we're we, we've got a certain mentality that we can't shake off which doesn't is not allowing us to Express the, the things that we should be expressing to rid rid ourselves of the problems that we currently have. And also, to be fair, if you are a glass half full person, 
as opposed to me and Streety, who are not only the glass is half empty, but it's smashed and heading towards your face. <laughs> actually, you actually was on Saturday when you knocked my pint yeah, I did, I just yeah. maxed him, yeah, but that was before the game. It was, uh, it's like she had plastic cups. It was, uh, you, I mean, the fact is, we, there were individual defensive errors with the ball, but in terms, for the, for the most part, Man City are a really, really good team, and for the most part, we defended well. well. Without we did, without we did the ball. if you only um, lose two one against Manchester City, yeah, and you, you, there's always that fear. You kind of think if if City needed to, they could have stepped up a gear and scored. Mm. But yeah, we played well enough in midfield. We competed, I think, in midfield better than we have done for a long time. Uh, again, Wilf was a bit quieter than normal, but still had a good game. Wickham was a was a, it was mainly positive. Hennessy was all right apart from. I think Kabai's really stepped up. He definitely has. Yeah, yeah. I think it yeah. was quite bizarre to me that he had his yeah. best period, scored scored a goal or two, then didn't make the France squad. Yeah, it's obviously the hair, isn't it? <laughs> Must be. And he did did look like Johnny Williams. <laughs> um, but he he really was grafting too. He was yeah. chasing down, closing down, putting a few flying tackles into the touch, put the ball into touch. Well, I can't in the first about he, ten minutes he had made like two tackles and two interceptions within yeah. the first ten minutes of the game. You could just tell he was up for it. Also, I mean, he really does get a battering. From other, I mean, one Fernandinho attack, I think it was, was horrible. But oh, having, yeah. having said that, it's the first time I've noticed that he does dish it out quite well. As well. He does, he does <laughs> He's leave a pretty snipe player. Yeah, he does yeah. leave a foot. I mean, in the nicest yeah. possible way. But yeah, he does leave a foot in. But he's I, a bit I, of a deli alley. Yeah, but he was he was really yes. good. It just, but he was good in a kind of destructive way on Saturday. You want to see that creative element added to his yeah to his game. But but it is frustrating because you kind of think well. We, we can be practical then. Pardew can set us up to frustrate another team. Well, tactically, so it was we, quite mature on Saturday, well, it, wasn't it, it, really? it was, and you couldn't... Yeah, we've talked about him not changing, and he did change it, and he does deserve credit for that. But the annoying thing is that we played like an away team, and that's how we should have played away from home at Burnley. Well, that's how we should play away from... It'll be really interesting to see how he sets up at Swansea on, on Saturday. He's got a bit of a conundrum, I think, with Zaha... Townsend, who's just not turned up yet, <laughs> no. and Punch, who just, when he had a little spell, there was a little spell, wasn't there, mad five minutes, yeah. but Punch been really tricky down by the, the touchline, mm. whipped in a couple of crosses. The one for Benteke's header was Punch, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah. And just feel, he's got a natural left foot. We're lacking a bit on that side. Yeah. Like left back hasn't even got a left foot. So is it we, what you said <laughs> earlier, go back, half, go back to 4 4 2? Have the gamble, I, take, take I, a punch and Benteke up front. I know Punch Punch wants to be the playmaker, the number 10 or whatever, but at the moment, Townsend. And every single Tottenham fan I know told me that Townsend would look good in two games and then you'd get really frustrated with him and that's exactly what's happened. I'd rather see Punch and play wide on the left as a hard wide on the right. And it gives you more defensive stability, I think, in the middle because Punch's natural instincts aren't to defend. And he, he's, he's, when he does try and defend, he's more likely to give the ball away than anybody in that. So I'd, I'd much rather see two defensive midfield players. I think McArthur was all right. I'd rather see McArthur, Kabai, mm. Punch play because like you say he's, a, he's a, the best well except from dead balls he's a really decent crosser yeah. and that was I think the only time that Benteke got balls in front of him to, yeah. to run onto because at the moment we're not just not playing to Benteke's strengths as well I know he's good and I know he turns bad passes into good ones with his strength when he's back to goal but I don't think that's what we bought we bought an old fashioned centre forward and we've stopped playing this sort of football where you deliver crosses to an old fashioned centre forward I still find it amazing uh, that Pardew admitted that Townsend didn't want to play on the left. That's a, to the, that's, I mean, he's given the press way too much to work with there. Of course he has, um, and, and the fans. Yeah, yeah. And the, but it's you, like, didn't you have that discussion before you, he, the ink was dry on yeah. his contract? And I think that 
just thinking back to the only goal he scored was against Stoke. Stoke, right? yeah, yeah. That came from the left-hand side. side yeah. Bombed up the left yeah. onto a loose ball, tucked in, shot on his right. So, yeah. I don't know what the issue is there. Well, that's one of the things I find odd about Pardew. Because the players do like him, clearly, and the players do like him. Uh, but he, he's got no compunction about hanging them out to dry it. Same as he did with Leeds. I mean, blaming Chungi, Chungi for that goal is just... You don't do that. You don't, just don't, don't say it out loud. You don't tell... <laughs> You don't tell the fans that a player doesn't want to play in a certain position. You just deal with it internally. Yeah. Because it's, it's almost like saying, well, I can't deal with it, so I'm going to let the fans know so they can have a go at him and, and it's, or drop him, do something. It's just... Well, there's lots of questions still there <laughs> hanging in the air. You can see where I'm going with this one, can't you? <laughs> and there are going to be lots of questions in part two from our listeners. There you go. You're expecting that, Trav. I'm nothing if not predictable. Um, so join us then. <laughs> Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. It's getting a bit better. Well, things can't get any worse. Let's look on the bright side. That famous Palace gallows humour. Well, we'll (laughs) we'll either have three points or a new manager come Monday. So, well, or or maybe neither. Maybe neither. Yeah, no, we won't. It's podcast one nine four. Wow, only six away from the big one. Um, And we're of course, yeah. (laughs) Is it two hundred or two hundred and fifty that's bigger? Well, two hundred fifty is bigger. Technically, Travis. I'm not really too it. down with podcast milestones and, and which is the bigger one, but I think we can have you know a bit of a party for both. Okay, yeah. I mean, well, I'm up for that. We'll be down in the championship by 250, so we might as well yeah, enjoy 200. Yeah, frankly, yeah. probably get about 15 complaints for that one. In Barnsley um, away anyway, it's going to be cheaper pints. So uh, cheaper pints, and you also get some relatively inexpensive or value good value for money embroidery yeah. from Vector. Yeah. I just implied their products are cheap there, didn't I? Yeah. I yeah. just don't think that goes so down let me to put a little, sponsors. let me put a little barrier in between you saying it again and say you might not have to leave. I, I'd, to, we've worked out in the half away, if you want to get served before the end of half time, you need to be in the queue at 3.34. So basically we have to, take it, in, we have to take it in turns to miss 11 minutes of the game because it's just... A mate of mine took a photograph of the half away and sent it to Steve Parrish. It's just shocking. It's terrible back there. I'll leave my seat at 41 minutes. Well, so to avoid the queue. Yeah. Wouldn't get a queue with uh, Vector, though. No, you wouldn't. That they give you, get you a impeccable K. service. No, you get a queue. You get a queue, not a queue. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Vector.co.uk. <laughs> and that's Vector with a K. K. Not a queue. Not a queue. <laughs> <laughs> We're also sponsored, as ever, by JC Innovation and Strategy, the uh, innovation and strategy firm from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Definitely, one hundred percent. Okay, right. Yes, we you got, say that. We got, like we got questions. Your dad, your dad I've, visited, I've visited yet, it three times. Look at my Insta history when you go home. Below all the other things. I really don't want to look at your Insta history. You need to make a video of James visiting the website. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that could go viral in seconds. Um, first question this week is from Twitter. And it's from Eagles Kev. Hi, Eagles, hey, Eagles Kev. Kev. And I'm kind of loath to read this one, but I think it's quite an interesting talking point. So I'm going to read it. Um, should Keith Millen take some of the blame for our shambolic defending from set pieces, or is it all on Alan Pardew's shoulders? It's a good question. We have sort of touched on this before. It's, it, it's football's not like NFL where you can have a separate defensive coach. It is a sort of integrated whole. The entire team needs to defend. But we've always praised Keith Millen in the past, and I think the one reason we're reluctant to criticise him is because he's such a nice bloke and he's a friend of the pod and he's a really loyal servant to the club, but there seems to be something wrong with the coaching 
full start. I mean, it's it's hard to put your finger on why it's suddenly gone. The one thing that we could rely on last season is that we would probably, if we were going to score, it'd be from a set piece, and we were really good at defending them. Now, both of those has gone out, has gone out of the window. And did, but it's not it's not Keith Millen's fault that the delivery for our free, our set pieces are so bad, or is, is it his fault the way we set up for other teams? So I don't. It's like the wall, uh, Everton, the wall at Everton. Whose fault was that? When the wall made a mistake at Everton, Wasn't, I mean that's well, the, the players. Is it Keith Millen? Is it Pardew? Is it? Didn't Delaney or Dan come out and admit yeah. after the game that it was one of those two that made the decision before that, that free kick got taken that they weren't going to jump because of the De Bruyne one the week before? Yeah, I think they admitted after the game that it was one of those that made well, the decision. Well, Pardew, Pardew said he left it in the players' hands because, but it was one of those free kicks that was in a grey area. Oh, but the, the thing, if you want to go and defend Millen, you kind of think that Pardew is such an alpha male that you assume that he's taking responsibility for everything. Yeah, you'd think that, wouldn't you? But, and he hasn't, and Pardew's quick to blame other people, so normally if it was Millen's fault, he would have blamed him by now, <laughs> have, or changed the backroom team. But I, that's what I can't, I just can't get an angle on why it's suddenly so different. It's not, because you could, you could argue, I think, as Travis did about. Travis's insight about how different it is when you get a new goalkeeper it changes the dynamics of the back four so there was an element at the start of the season when we go, well let's get used to Mandanda but even the start of the season we weren't conceding goals in the first three or four games and then suddenly it went haywire it's, is it because we can't decide which centre-backs he wants or which centre-backs are available or is it because of the I, I honestly don't I don't I'm, just, I'm reluctant to criticise Keith Millen is the short answer I'm, to that I'm with you Kev because yeah. I think that it's times like this where so much is going wrong, you do start to look at every possible mm. reason. That's why you start questioning things like that. Yeah. But you got. To, I think the advantage you've got with Millen is you can. He's been there through two or three managers now. Four now, isn't it? So that's yeah. And some of the players are the same. The back yeah. four hasn't changed a lot in that time. No. Um, I think it, under Pulis, he obviously saw that Wardy should plug that gap again. Ahead of we had two recognised left backs then. Moxie and Parr was still there. Yeah. And he's still put in Wood at left Johnny back. Johnny Parr, there's a name Johnny I haven't Parr, heard yeah. for a while. So he put in a right back at left back yeah. in head of two natural left backs. And it's, so they, there's your answer in some ways. Pulis picked the team. So the manager picks the team. And it's I think they pick the team early in the week, don't they? It's like Normally, Tuesday or Wednesday. They'll set up for a, yeah. And then they'll spend two or three days working. Yeah. So that team's picked and they work with what they got. Because there are, the, the, another thing we discussed, there are other options. Tompkins played right back for West Ham. On a number of occasions when he had to, Kelly's yeah. Kelly. We keep being told is a natural centre back in waiting, so there are permutations that he hasn't tried. The fact is, in the final analysis, we've been completely thrown by losing one left back, and that's got to be Pardew's fault. The lack of depth in our defence. I mean, that's something we talked about in summer when we talked about how excited we were. Even last year, when we talked about Kabai coming in, we talked about that not being a position we particularly were short in. And this summer, when even when we were talking about. Townsend coming in, Benteke coming in. We all said, "Well, it's got to be more defenders than Tompkins coming in." We all said that, and then if we know it, surely somebody at the club must. Well, you can't necessarily no. anticipate your, your left back, I suppose, being a severe road traffic accident. But, yeah, but you it can could, that could have been an injury, though. No, you well, yeah, yeah, quite. So, that's so what, it's not the nature know. of the injury you can't anticipate. But, but you, but you, you have, have to be prepared, prepared thank you for, for, for injuries. Of course, you But there must have been about six, seven games or more since Suarez got injured, and I just he should have at least started Fries in one of them. Only recognised left back in the twenty-five. Or, or put Tonkins at right back, but bring it, Delaney in, and then move Ward back to right back. I think, which is what people the, are saying we should do. But but the Fries thing, the Fries thing, I don't understand because we've all kind of. I know I banged on about it a lot when it was when Suarez was fit and we had other options. 
And I said, no, we don't need fries because of that one game against Newcastle. But that's a long time ago. He was very young at the time. He was very inexperienced. From what I can gather, Pardew likes him. And when Fries has come on, like Sunderland game, Burnley game, he changes things. Yeah. And he gives he gives them a new problem because he does he does go forward. He does do what Suarez does. Well, it harks back he, to he what I said in the forward. first part. It's right. having a left back who is left footed was, yeah. make, makes a massive, massive, Which massive... Which brings me to my next question. question. Okay, so... But that's another thing about Palace and communication. It's like no one said... Fries is injured. He's not, and, it's that, and so we all speculate. So Pardew puts himself under pressure because we're all going. The teams are announced. We're going. Where's Fries? Why is he injured? But they don't say he's injured. He's, he's not. He had a better preseason than. He Suarez. played really well. He yeah, played absolutely. More he played more than Suarez. Yeah. Which brings me on to a question from Chris Bateman. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Chris. I'm going to put this one to Trav first and foremost. Why? With because it seems to be your hobby horse, which is good. It's about numbers, which is bigger. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not that one. Um, with no proper left back, would it be worth trying a back three like Chelsea? No. Well, well I'm glad we've answered that one. Very good. <laughs> Why not? Because of that. Uh, no, no. The reason being is because I think we could play that formation. I even believe that Sacco would be a better person to bring in on that left wing back position mm. than Kelly is. Because to be honest, I think he did more defensively at left back when he got brought on the other day than Kelly did throughout the whole game. I think he's the perfect type of player to play in that position. And I think that he could possibly thrive in that position because he's physically big, he's fast, he has a decent cross on the ball. And as long as he just puts his foot in at the right time he can tackle someone and not just get knocked off the ball in the same way that Balassi could do on numerous occasions he, he would often just be able to make a last ditch tackle maybe sometimes controversial but we don't have the player on the right that can do that anywhere in the squad he's also got a left foot yeah, yeah, yeah and he's also yeah exactly he's got a left foot I don't think there's anyone on the right side that could do that the only way that we could switch to a back three at the moment is if we still had a Balassi in the squad or if we had a Victor Moses in the squad well I'm really pleased you said that because do you not think because nobody would have predicted that Victor I think one of the reasons Mourinho's got the hump at the moment is because Conte's proved that Victor Moses is actually is a, good, a really good player exactly when Mourinho didn't rate him at all but I, I think Zahar could do that job. I think Zahar, because nobody thought Moses, Moses is Flora. I think the new discipline Zahar could do that job at mm-hmm. right wing back. In, f- in fact, possibly, yeah, because Zahar is physically a lot better than he was yeah. in the past. You can see that even even in the game on the weekend, there was one point where I think Zabaleta would run maybe about six yards to kind of go shoulder to shoulder with him, and you thought Zahar's just going to get knocked into yeah. the uh, the signpost here, and instead he knocked him, yeah. and he was on the floor going back another six yards. Zabaleta was then flying back across pitch, and he was back still on the ball, and you're thinking, wow, and he does that quite a lot of the time. And to be honest, actually, if you're a wing back and you have three at the back, if you're running up next to a man and you're just literally slowing him down by being next to him which is what happens if we don't need to stick your foot in to slow a player down you just need to keep up with them and if they fake you and turn back that way keep up with them as long as they don't pass you you're slowing them down you let the rest of the team catch up with you by the time Zaha's probably slowed a player down then you've got the Tompkins or Dan or Delaney who's that third so, centre-back yeah. coming in so when that player does take that one touch and goes past you Who's now in front of them? A big brick wall. Mm-hmm. So maybe it, you know, maybe it could work. So well, also, it does allow you to play two up front as well, mm. which, which is what I think increasingly, and it does increasingly seem really odd that we let Gale go 
Yeah, the argument about is thirteen and thirteen now he's got for Newcastle because uh, everyone says he's too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. But we, we've how many times have we said this? He never had the chance to play with a striker. He never properly played with Murray up front. Murray's got ten as well. I know uh, all at her, but Benteke with Gale. I mean, what an option that would be. And, and Some, someone asked the question: Would how many goals would Wickham get in the championship right now? Because he'd be doing well to get more than either of those two. I'd say. I, I, yeah, I mean, again, Wickham, last year I would have agreed with you and said Wickham's probably one of those players who looks better than the Championship but not good enough for the Premier League. But I just think he looks... I think he looks a different proposition this season. I think he's scoring goals that he didn't... And I think he could play off Benteke or... I don't know, but some... We just... The, the the big worry is that you, you keep saying, well, something's got to change, so you change for the sake of change. The reason Chelsea went for it... I mean, they had two really bad results against Liverpool and Arsenal... They went free at the back to accommodate David Luiz, which now looks like yeah. a work of genius. Yeah. But nobody would have... I'm sure a lot of Chelsea fans would have... The first time they played, they went, Victor Moses, what's he doing? But it's just... Maybe Conte's a better coach, but it it would seem to We're be... A lot of people that have said he's probably the best. But, the, but then who would be the three centre-backs? Because I... It's, again, for It'd all... would be Tonkin's down and Delaney, and then then if someone gets in... And but, then you would have Kelly on the bench as a backup. You'd yeah. have Suarez or Friars left, and you'd have, yeah. like you said, Zaha right. But then if Zaha gets injured, who else do you put on that side? But see, I don't. I wouldn't mind if it... If, if it track back. No. no. But if you're playing three to accommodate Delaney, I wouldn't... I wouldn't mind that because somewhere we've got the perfect combination of centre-backs. We can't find the right two, so try a three. Change but of direction in questions. Next question it's comes really from... Come to that one, isn't it? CJ, Did you get bored with CJ. that? CJ. No, was I thought it was very... Problem? You get too technical good. for you then. It's very good. No, as you know, I like some technical discussion, but I feel like listeners like a change of pace as well. So next question comes from... Uh, I think it's Chris Emmanuel. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And that's Hi, nice Chris. I think it is because he's, he's left questions on both Twitter and Facebook. Not, oh, not Snapchat. Just not Snapchat. Thank God it wasn't Snapchat, otherwise we wouldn't I, be able to answer well, that. I, 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 I absolutely no idea I have no is. idea how to even get onto <laughs> exactly. Snapchat. So to anyone who's left a, a, an answer on there, get a life. Uh, <laughs> J- J- Jamie's <laughs> probably reading through those questions whilst watching Charlie and Chocolate Factory right now. So. Oh, did we mention that it was that, that yeah. musical? No, we did. Probably about the interval about now, yeah. Oh, yeah, quite. Um, this question from Chris. Have we seriously underinvested in youth in recent years? Other Premier League teams seem to have a few youth players at least good enough for the first team squad. Why don't we? I still, I'm still surprised that Kai Kai hasn't mm. had a shout in a couple of games, especially at some points last season where we were doing fairly well in the league, and there was games where we were two up in the 85th minute. And when he came on in that, when he played in that Southampton game, I thought he looked quite promising. I thought his deliveries from corners was very good, and better than we'd almost had all season. And I think that he's one of those players that could do a bit if he came in and had a, a bit of a shout in the team. And I still think that he could do as good a job as uh, Townsend's doing at the moment because he can beat a man and he's a proven goal scorer in the lower leagues. I'm surprised he hasn't been given a shout. Anyone else, I'm not 100%. Well, I thought Boateng would have been a good option. But, when, but I, I think that... But I think, I think Boateng's one of those players that will thrive when he's in his mid-20s. He's not uh, one of... Yeah. The, you know, you have those young, tricky wingers and young strikers. P- players like Ronaldo were more entertaining and better at beating players yeah, when they were younger and whatever. And now they've had to adapt their game to being older. Players like uh, Berteng are players like Yaya Toure who have thrived Maybe, yeah. a bit, a little bit later. I think 
Birdsing's on for a little... But I, I'm, I'm surprised that none of our younger wingers, considering that we brought through quite a few in recent years, Zaha, Moses, yeah. Scannell, players like that, I'm surprised he hasn't been given a shout yet. Also, I was really disappointed that Kai Kai wasn't in the squad, because also managers should realise that it does buy you a bit of time with fans as well, because fans are always excited to see Europe. But that's and why Kai, Warnock used to do it. Wasn't really Warnock was really good extent. at that, and, and Kai Kai is a, genuinely, is a genuinely good player, and he, does, he is an option, and he's... He reminds me a bit of Iannacci at City as well. He's that young sort of kid mm. who plays without fear. But it's an interesting question because when he says a lot of other teams have got young players coming through, I would guess that most of those teams are in the top six, top seven because m- most of the teams are in the bottom half of the table or in a relegation struggle, just won't rely on... Mm. In the same way that Pulis said out loud, I'm not going to try a kid in a, in a relegation struggle. It's becoming... I mean, it's, a, 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 you know, it's almost a subject for a separate pod with Travis to talk about youth football and how many teams use their youth system it's not even about youth football it's just well, the young confidence the whole, thing that I yeah, always but, harp back to but makes the most sense in any answer that I ever give in my own head I was surprised how readily they put them all out on loan mm. because we ended up with a 24 man squad which the club didn't really um, acknowledge and they published our 25 man <laughs> squad yeah, yeah. Um, yeah good and we, so we were man short yeah. on deadline after deadline day yeah. And then someone like Flamini comes available and they act like it was all a plan all yeah. along. He's also made a big yeah. impact so far, hasn't <laughs> he? My, my, under, my understanding is that the loan thing comes from Parrish, who's not a fan of the academy system and the leagues and, and would rather, he wants to see how young players get first-team experience and get physically stronger actually playing football rather than what I think he described in the past as meaningless games. Mm. So I think that's... A, yeah, and we have seen some of our players thrive at other clubs, and we do seem to be a club that other clubs want to get players. And in these, from. but in these yeah. dire straits as well, you need players that are going to come on the pitch and be hungry to prove a point. Absolutely. In 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 the same way Absolutely. that it's only just taken up until the end of last season to drop Kabai because really he was good up until Christmas yeah. but it was January, February, March and it was only when he picked up a knock and an injury that we, ha- that we had to pick another team and then it was going fairly well at some points and we managed to scrape through the end of last season that we decided right we can't put him back in the team why is it not a case where you can now drop Townsend and bring someone yeah. like Kai Kai in he's not in the squad obviously so he couldn't yeah. do that but why not do that because say if Kai Kai did come in he has a bit of fire in his belly he's got something to prove and he did put in that cross in the last minute when we're drawing 1-1 against someone and then Ben Teke got his head on the end of it imagine how much confidence that gives him as a player imagine how much and the experience from giving an assist in the Premier League game would be the same amount of experience that he got from giving 10 assists in a League One game. It's just that confidence thing is something I always feel a bit weird harping on about the whole time. But it is more true than anything else. It's the same in anything. Once you get a bit of momentum, a bit of experience and a bit of confidence, then... You, you can be flying well, look at all, fair, all the young are... players that have done it Ra- Rashford you know yeah. scores one goal scores a brace against that team and now he's you know he's the next big thing and you know it can dwindle and it can it does have to be managed properly once it's hit the ground running but as an impact it can make a massive 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 difference and I'm very 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 surprised it hasn't been well, hey, tested. You are entitled to bang on about it because you're the only one of us who can play football at the proper level <laughs> and has got insight into what it's like to play. I'll have you know that I've assisted Travis Endicott well, on, so, on, on the fire side. So it's always, it's always really interesting. We should interesting. have won that because we did use against the yeah, losers. We, we, we should have won the winners. So it's, it's always yeah, really interesting to get Travis's insight about these things. But, B, but the thing is, imagine on Saturday if Kai Kai had come on for the last 15 minutes 
and just because the City players would have gone, who's this little nutcase? Because he would have been just flying into every tackle he might have got put, but he would have been taking people on because he's got no fear. Exactly. He would have been, he would have been closing. The box. Yeah, he would have been closing down all over the pitch. He would have been stopping them playing. And stuff. If and the corners come, he would have gone, yeah. no, no, let me, let me take it. Let, let me prove myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead ball. He wouldn't complain about playing on the left, would he? No, exactly. And his dead ball delivery couldn't be any worse. And he's not. He's not. A, a skinny, you know, he's, a, he's quite a big unit now. It's just so that it's like, playing, it's that playing with no fear thing. And yeah. It's what they, it's what commentators say about every other yeah. team that try these youth players is that oh, they're playing with no yeah. fear. It has and, and, it's diff- and it's a different, and it's, and it's a different option. It's a different type of option. I've got some quick fire. Sorry, I, I interrupted just no, no, the no, no, it's just gone. That'd be a good point now. No, I've lost it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next set of questions. So I've had a set of questions from Sun A on Twitter. Sun A. Hi, Sun. I'm speaking my son just came in. Hi, Sun. It's, no, it's not Sun A as in... Well, I've only got one. Right, so I'm going to rotate, rotate round here. So you're each, you're each getting a question. Sun, but sun B, it's not the time to tell it about Sun B now. It's just focus, for God's sake. You each get a question and you've got to answer it in a sentence or less. Well, hang on, you've met all of us, you know that's not yeah. possible. Well, you're going to have to. You have to make it possible. Or I'll cut you off. Um, Kevin. Yes. Do you think some managers have a shelf life, one sentence or less? All managers have a shelf life. Thank it's you. Simple as that. <laughs> of course they do. How many managers in the world? Well, he, he still Bengals? managed to go on, he Sorry. still managed to go No, it was, it was a comma. I feel like that could have been part of the same sentence, so that's fine. Except hey, Arsene Wenger, good. obviously. Travis, if Pardew stays, do you think we'll go down? Ooh. You can do a yes because as long as it goes into one sentence. That's a good question. That's the question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say anything because I'm going to lose my sentence, aren't I? No, um, you get, no, you get your sentence as, as part of the answer if you have a little Yes, bit. because I think he's reluctant to listen to anyone else's advice and make any change, and he's too confident within himself as a person. That's fine. Thank you. Uh, Jesse Boyce, yeah. was Selhurst ever a fortress? also a good question mm. it's a series of good questions here mm. it has been a fortress yes it's, it's obviously been well documented but not not so much at the moment like that very good that, uh, was, that was a really hard question for Travis because Travis could have negated the whole but if Travis said if he stays on we stay up then that's the end of conversation it's like why well, are we talking about him being sacked then well, no, that, that's why I gave the answer that I did. Yeah, so, very good. Yeah, it yeah, it would have been you. a very, I mean, very that, short podcast. Yeah. I could look into your eyes and see that you're... Th- Metaphorically, you're I'm, I'm, my head's spinning now. It's like a real metaphysically... Yeah, right, Stop trying to get in the sentences in between questions <laughs> because you know that you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> well, are we doing question. another round of questions? My yeah, I'm not done, oh, I'm done oh, yet. Sorry, sorry, it was just three. My house. Round two. Okay, come on, round two. Kevin. Who won the first round? I mean, uh, I, I think they're all good. They're all good. Yeah. It's like when a parent says to all of their kids, no, yeah. I, I love you all equally. It's not a competition unless I win, it's in which case it's a competition. Line. It's a hold-up score. How many times, Kevin, does Wardy have to save a goal off the line before people say sometimes a bit of passion is of more value than having blistering pace? Seven. Seven, there we go. Which is, of course, a ridiculous <laughs> question. Is that a sentence? Is that, that a sentence? at Wembley? When? That, uh, was, that, was a fa- that was a genuinely exciting passage of play that one leader because that was yeah. it was from there that we ended up good save from Hennessy as well it was a good stop from Hennessy it was a good defender from Wolf a bit of a, a, bit of a barb there from me yeah. uh, Travis see how come Pardew hasn't had a go at Townsend this season when he was on Zaha's case earlier this season one sentence or less 
I mean, you can't have less than one sentence because it's it because Pardew, as we've already discussed in this podcast, is a guy that likes surrounding himself with big names and Townsend is a thirty million man man who was came from the Tottenham Academy, who has played for England and is aiming to get back in that position. So it's a long sentence. So I've tried good to answer, no, I've tried, no, I've tried no, to not no, take no. a breath, which is why I think no, yeah. like he's, he's a fashionable footballer. And the last that's, one that's the in this why. round, although not the last question, but the last one in this round of quick fires, um, Jesse Boyce. Mm-hmm. I and this is from Sun. He personally like to see Kai Kai given a go, but who would you like to see given a chance from the bench or from the youth squad? So you're not limited just to the, the, the youth team players, but from the bench, like who's not being given a good enough go at the moment? Um. problem is we haven't got a lot of attacking options right so you're just sort of when, I, when I'm thinking about that Lee's getting a half chance not really delivering Sacco he started playing left back I don't know what's going on with him I've this forgot, season I've forgotten we had Sacco yeah much um, I think we're just lacking a, an attacking option I actually think there was one game where Zaha was benched simply because we might have some threat from the bench. <laughs> recently, and it just stood out because it looked that way. So what you're saying is you drop Zaha so you could bring him on off the bench? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Can, <laughs> I, can I answer that question? <laughs> okay. Because I'm going to give an answer that you're not going to like, and that's Flamini. I'd, I'd, if, forgo- if, I'd forgotten if, he was here. If, 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 Flamini was, if Flamini was anywhere near fit, uh, the last two, as soon as we equalise, you bring him on. It doesn't have to be... Full of stamina, just sit him in front of the back two, as we said, the centre backs, as we said before. The Burnley game, we go to all, bring him on for ten minutes. Experienced Champions League defender, just I, I just I just don't get that. It's it's like Adi Bayor. I don't understand the logic by which, and I think Jesse's hit his head on it. It's the fact that we accidentally found ourselves one moment. <laughs> players light in the squad yeah. and didn't want to admit to the fact that that was by omission rather than design I, I thought that was a genuinely clever move when we bought him in but it's just disappeared off the face of the earth he was on the bench a couple of times came on didn't look fit doesn't get talked about it, not, not at all two more Good questions answer, but you are disqualified oh. from the ranks you're only allowed yes, to answer sorry, one question yes. not two so sorry sorry about that it's no that's, that's fine we, we'd moved on it was it was a nice nice uh, nice progression and tangent um, two more questions that we've got First one comes from Julian Chenery. Ah, oh, Julian. Who's Chris Grierson's almost father-in-law. Okay. Indeed. Thanks. Should Wilf... Didn't know that. Well, it was as of Saturday. Things could have changed. Oh, right, 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 okay. Relationships are volatile. Now you know why I limit you guys to one sentence <laughs> when you're asking questions. Don't even give me one sentence to bloody ask the question. Should Wilf tell the FA to FO, I think we know what that means, and join Yala as one of the most popular footballers in Africa? Obviously a reference to Wilf not being called up by England. Well, there's, there's a strange timing there with what's happened. Um, it almost, it, sort of putting two and two together, you'd say Wilf sees that Southgate's the manager. He's clearly had some sort of falling out with him. He's never going to play for England. I'm going to play yeah. for the Ivory Coast. Can it be that obvious that that's what's happening? Do you think he's trying think, to just bring it to a head? I think it's because... Wilf used language like that when he was with the under 21s when Southgate was the manager. Clearly, I think it's a real slap in the face for Wilf that Townsend got called into the squad. And Wilf didn't. Well, especially when he's been so poor this well, season. I mean, Wilf, Wilf deserves to be in that England squad without a doubt, just you know, as an attacking option, as a hold, you know, as a midfield option, whatever you want. But from what I can gather, something massive went on when Wilf was called up to the under 21 squad, and that's obviously. Coloured well, there was apparently needle between him and Jordan Henderson, wasn't there? Who's that going to be the next it. captain? Yeah. Wilf's never going to play for England. <laughs> no, <laughs> Wilf can't. I mean, Wilf's got a full international captain, so 
he's uh, no, he's only played in friendlies, I think. Two yeah, he's played two. So I think he can still play for the Ivory Coast. Fully the national. I don't think if he played for the forty, I don't think that. I should probably know that, but I don't. So if someone wants to write in and give us, I'd be very I'd be very surprised if there was another option for Wilf to play for another team. He should be. I mean, he's also seen Balassi's kind of stardom rise from being a huge star in Africa now for Congo that's got to slightly have something to do with a 30 million price tag and a move to Everton right it's it's marketable and you've got to feel that Wilfs probably thinks he's missing that international well I think I hope it's more experience. to do with the fact that he wants to play for England rather than he wants to market himself because from what I can gather he really is very passionate about playing for England, and if you can't, he should be in the squad. It's really as squad, simple yeah, as that. 100%. And I think we all hope that Southgate, with his Palace connections, would would make that easier. But it's it's quite clear that Southgate is there is a grudge being held mm. about Wilf. Whether Southgate now thinks that Wilf would be a bad influence in the squad because he was when he was seventeen, eighteen, when he was when it was. Yeah, yeah. But I do what, think you just have to look at Will's general performances course, to see that he's matured as a player. Well, well, so he's hopefully uh, matured as a, a person. Absolutely, as well. absolutely, of course he has because he's he's grown up. He's got a kid. Now, what what really annoys me is the fact that Southgate just isn't making allowances for the fact that he was a troubled kid from a troubled background when he joined up with the under twenty ones. And you have to kind of look beyond. You know, you're going to go. Well, here's somebody behaving badly. We'll find out why. Which seems like a far and, more grown up man. Of course, you Absolutely, the fact that he's happy to be interviewed for a start is clearly more grown up on the pitch. He deserves to be in the England squad, and you'd like to think that he'll, he'll just keep playing as well as he can and wait to see what happens. Because. But before the most recent set of England fixtures, we were hyping, harping on about the point that. Palace were too unfashionable of a club to have a player selected for England. But now there is uh, one selected for England. Townsend's in there. And you, as much as I'm happy for Townsend, you're almost in more disbelief yeah. that a player that probably shouldn't have been selected for England in that position has been above a player in the same squad who is... Well, it seems to always be the fact that once you're in there with the England squad, it doesn't matter where you move to. Yeah, I you think- know, if you've... If you join the squad as a Man United player and then you move to West Brom and then to Hull yeah. and wherever, you're still going to be no, that, within that, that, That's contention. what I've said to people. If Zaha was, had come up through the Arsenal Academy or Tottenham Academy or another London Academy that wasn't Palace, maybe not West Ham, um, at, maybe at a push West Ham, but definitely Tottenham or Arsenal. If he had come up through one of those few academies and had transferred to Palace when he was 21 and had played for the England up until under-19 level... And in that, and was now performing at the level that he was. I think that he would be in the team purely because that's where he started, and those are the fashionable yeah. teams to come from. In the same way that Klein probably wouldn't be in the England team if he was still at Palace. No, he would definitely wouldn't. Yeah, be. Scott Dan would have been called up. I mean, it's all about the Burnley. If, if Scott Dan had gone to yeah, Everton yeah. instead of Ashley Williams this yeah. season, then he would be in the England team. It's all about that Burnley centre back being called up. I mean, for the love of God, Keane, like, yeah, yeah. Keane is just like and Scott Dan. Jackie was thirty-four. Oh, yeah. like, and terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay, so Cahill was. But it's, I mean, it's a different subject. But being Southgate with England is going through a similar situation as we are, because he's he's trying to encourage the, the back four and the centre backs to play to play football to pass it around. And like against Scotland in the first hour, we gave the ball away so many times, trying to be clever. Well, Southgate could be a potential answer to the next question. Next manager? Mm. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> Why would you quit England? Well, I mean, it could be somebody who's just in the England job. He hasn't got a job yet. Well, we, we shall see, but I'd imagine he probably will. Yeah. Um, but the final question, it's a good question, this one, from Oliver Moss. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Oliver. Which Palace player, manager or owner, past or present, would you most like to have Sunday lunch with? Oh, has he got me Sunday lunch? 
It's got to be Sunday lunch because mm. obviously it's going to change massively if you say a night out in the West End with. Mm. Or... <laughs> well, if it's a night out in the West End. Oh, God, part stop before the libel. Traditional <laughs> British Sunday lunch or just Are they lunch paying? on a Sunday? That's a good question. Who's paying? Yeah. Uh, JD's paying. He's not here. Why not? Hmm. Probably would be very good because he's wasted all his money on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have filled up on the chocolate so, so before. We'll we, 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 we just base it as a spoon Sunday lunch. Malcolm Allison probably wouldn't have a lot of appetite, so he'd get leftovers. But he's yep. very entertaining. Yep. So, hmm. You get a lot of leftovers with Adebayo because he doesn't. He's always mentioned that he doesn't like uh, English food. He, he has point, his favourite yeah. restaurants. So you okay. get a lot of leftovers of him as well. Got any vegetarians? So I could have their lamb. Yeah. I think Holloway's got to be a contender, isn't he? But uh, I don't think they do lamb spoons. What are doing? Getting they don't do lamb spoons. Yeah, I mean they do. They do the lamb beef and really surely Ed. You're the spoons expert. Can you get lamb on a Sunday at spoons? Uh, yeah, it's roast day. There you go, roast there you day. Go. I thought it was chicken or beef. I mean, yeah. I, I have to point out here that, he, that Oliver didn't specifically say a spoons roast dinner with, just a roast dinner. I, I think we've oh, come to that conclusion to... because we've decided about the price differences between different players and different amounts of wages that they've received. The no, I'll tell, I've, I've changed I'm going to go for Steve Brooks because of the wine. Good shout. Uh, good shout. Basically. Good shout. A bit, a sycophantic shout, but a, a good shout. Well, anyone would be for sick of fancy, wouldn't it? Whoever I... Who, who was the... Who, who was, who, well, I'll go Kevin Muscat then. Who, 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 who was the chairman that did the dodgy deal the with, with Sainsbury's back in the 60s or 70s? Well, you can't... Well, Sunday lunch. Well, no, he's, he's dead now. He's dead Sunday? now. Ray Bloy. Yeah, Bloy. I'll go yeah, with Bloy. Yeah, get some Sunday lunch be no, free. No, get some good food from Sainsbury's. Well, he's so not going to have an appetite, is he? So he, well, exactly. The so conversation's not going to be brilliant with Ray Bloy either, is it? Well, no, I'm going with Ray Bloy. OK. Sick of <laughs> there we go I think, that, I think that's our questions done we'll have more questions in the next part but of a quiz related nature uh-huh. as we answer questions about Palace and Swansea and look forward to that upcoming game so join us then hello and welcome back to the five year plan podcast Oh, you see, it's improved on the first part now. You we're, said it would. You we're said very, it would. very happy. Alcohol. Yeah, excellent. Um, pod one nine four, of course, and uh, why, of what? course? Well, of, well oh, after one nine four, I'd be hoping yeah, that yeah. an hour in, that people yeah. might have been listening a little bit. You've already said it so about far. twice, haven't you? I've said it twice, yeah. yeah. It's kind of how it works with three parts. I, I say welcome to the Five Year Plan podcast three times. Now it all, it's say, all starting to say, make sense. Say it's, it's, make it's sense. pod X number three times. <coughs> and, then, and then I say we're sponsored by Vector. Mm. A Vector with a... What? No, wait for it, wait oh, for yeah, it. Sorry, for all of your yeah, print and embroidery needs, uh, visit vector.co.uk and it's Vector with a K. Like Saki with a K. And Snarky with a K. And No. With a K and Knight with a K. Sarky's with a C, generally. There we go. Mm. And, and, the, well, well, and we're hard, also sponsored by not if, it, not if it's a Japanese rice wine spirit, it's not. I mean, JCIS is going to be really upset that you've interrupted him there. Uh, we're he's also not, sponsored by really nice bloke. There we go, brilliant. <laughs> and we're also sponsored by uh, JC Innovation and Strategy, the innovation and strategy experts from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. There we go. I've got. And t- I have. I've got two things to plug. Okay. Uh, first of all, the new issue of FYP is out against Southampton. It's mm. only a few weeks away now. Whee. We're working on it I mean, right we, now. We've got a loss to Swansea between now and then. But yeah, yeah. it's well, I'm glad we got Jesse. What's in there? Jay Crane's done a good job piecing it together. Um, we 
reflected on the season so far. I thought, I've had a look through the, some of the articles. Rob Sutherland's written five Christmas presents that Palace need to get in for, well, for January. So um, New signings, hopefully. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Rather than like socks or... Yeah, or painting. Or painting. Way, so he's gone for the Russian Orthodox Christmas. Or <laughs> <laughs> for the January, January sales. <laughs> well done, Rob. Yeah, so that, that stood out. That was quite nice. Um, yeah, we're working on it right now. And that'll be £1.50 again from all the usual places. Yes. He says committing us to a price point that we may not be committing to. Yeah, we'll say £1.50. Jamie will make up the the difference. Yeah, Yeah, pretty. And as my dad always says at at the entrance towards the family area on the Homestead Road, one for £1.50 and two for £3. hilarious. So you're getting a massive, massive deal there. It's never not funny. If ever there was a man made for dad jokes, it's it's, James. It's my dad, yeah, exactly. Who do, you think, exactly. who do you think deserves the front and cover? And you know the annoying thing is that a lot of people say to me, like father, like son, you're a chip of the old block, so I only have him to look forward to. I'll, I'll get a little bit more northern, a little bit more ginger, and a little bit more dad jokey. As Maybe I we should put James oh. Endicott on the front of the next FYP. Could do. Or just or Willy Wonka. Just chip it. Well, Willy Wonka. We could put James Endicott, well, not all of James Endicott on the front cover, but... <laughs> <laughs> Poor James. Willy Wonka, that'd be good. Put JD and Willy Wonka. Your dad should be pr- you, very you proud of you. You can be the pull out in the middle. Yeah, you'll turn into your dad eventually, but you'll be very proud of it. It will happen will, overnight. I you won't will, turn into um, him. It'll just you'll wake up one morning. I, and you'll be I your really dad. I really hope he doesn't listen to this. Otherwise, um, I will not be having any dinner. However, people who are listening, people who are listening to this, cold in my stocking at Christmas. People who are listening to this, who want to rate us on iTunes, please do. I mean, uh, you know, give something back. Yeah. Get this for free. It's just, just hit the five stars. Actually, no, be honest, be honest. Hit the five stars. And uh, write us on there and uh, follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe on what, what all the other areas that you... Uh, FYP TV, they... I think there's a thing now. Hey. So, yeah. Is it? Any time I mention anything that's technologically <laughs> based, Kevin looks confused. It's, it's, there's now, we've now got a YouTube channel called FYP TV, which has oh, fan reaction stuff. Another TV channel I'm not on. It's basically got <laughs> stuff that I don't fully understand, but which isn't as cringeworthy as Arsenal TV. What happens so, if... Um, I love Arsenal TV. I know the guys who do Arsenal TV. I watch You're that to make right. myself feel better. Who, wh- what happens if they rate us on uh, iTunes? Uh, we all feel really happy and, and, and less like there's a, a burning pit of upset inside. And that's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just got Pretty excited. Much. The cat came downstairs and... Doesn't take a lot, does it? No. Uh, <laughs> I do hope that you're as well, excited the, about my quiz yeah, that's well, coming the, up. The cat will be the only one who's, not, who's unhappy that JD's not here because the cat loves JD for some reason. Well, yeah. he's vegan, that's why. Smells of chocolate. Might be that. She smells of chocolate. <laughs> right, I've got a quiz. She likes tall, uh, tall gormless men. Focus. Uh, I've got a quiz. Um, obviously, we've got the. <laughs> Sorry. That's very funny. That's going to be his characteristic yeah. for now. And you smell chocolate. <laughs> Hold it together. <laughs> uh, we, we've obviously got Swansea coming up, so we've mm. put together a little quiz related to Palace and Swansea for, for you guys to try and answer. Okay. Obviously, I'm not answering this week as well, so we'll see how well you do in comparison to my team. All this is half because you love a quiz, don't you? I do love a quiz. You do, yeah. So I might actually just shout out halfway through. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Question one. Although I did, I did, I do note that uh, Jesse was looking at the answers as I was scrolling down the running order earlier, which I feel was cheating. So if you've actually seen it, I'll know. Um, question one: Who scored for Palace in a three-one win at Swansea in March two thousand and nine, and then got the winner for the Swans at Selhurst in February two thousand and ten? What striker? 
in the championship. Obviously. I can only think. Uh, when round 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 I couldn't. Yeah, that, that's the only player I can think no, of. He he left in two thousand and four. Was it of five? Five. So quite a bit earlier than that. Well. So you're talking about someone who played a fair amount in the Peter Taylor era. I think that was when he was signed, actually. I think he was signed by Peter Taylor. Not Shefki Kuki. Shefki Kuki. He's one of my most disliked Palace players Ever. since I've been going. Because of the, celebra- the goal celebration or just his lack of... It just is his his weight and just it, just everything about it it's, there's something about him that really annoyed me and it was that his goal celebration it was that yeah it was that it was a good celebration it was that yeah was it that thing when he got put sent was subbed off in one game and he he was getting booed by the fans and he turned around and made a horrible gesture he's now a coach I think out in out in Finland and doing relatively Sunday league well, no, I think he's done alright. He so always looked he's... like he should have been a really good player, didn't he? He had all the attributes, but then they never very rarely Apart came from to being able to kick a football. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. I didn't like. Wow, well, I'd forgotten he went to Swansea. I feel like JD had kind of given up by the time he got to question two, mm. which is uh, a bit. Got, of a, by a the bit... time he got to two thousand and nine, JD had pretty much given up. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> given up by the point that Augustus Gloop had got a <laughs> <own> ticket. <laughs> great name. I like that. I like Thank that a great deal. Um, He's well, the first we, one to go. Of course, we mentioned we mentioned him earlier in the context of potentially being our next manager. If you listen to tab, tabloid tittle yeah. no, no one from Charlie in the Chocolate okay. Factory. Um, Chris Coleman played for both Palace and Swansea. What is his middle name? This is just the most ridiculous question ever. Cookie. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like we could be here a little while, so I'm going to. Is it Chris name? Is it? I like the Charlie significant? Fancy restaurant. Is it? Yeah, it's good. It's it's in is no it, way significant. Is it Welsh? I, I feel. Yeah, is it Welsh? It's not remotely Welsh either. I feel like JD basically just looked at the Wikipedia page for the first player that he could find who played for Palace and Swansea, and well, picks out. I think according, the first to, according to Wikipedia, Chris Coleman is a small village in Waranda. So, <laughs> I've got. I really, we could be here all night guessing yeah. that Patrick apparently. So Jesus, it's, it's Irish. Not, it's an Irish name. So it's not even. I thought it was going to be something. Hilarious. Don't lambast me, lambast JD. Uh, next question. Thanks, Thanks, JD. All right, yeah. okay, we will. I you, will. You've got, you, <laughs> you've got some options here. I will. Um, okay. See how many you can get. Name three other players who have played for both Swansea and Palace other than Colburn and Coochie. Ian Walsh. Well, Wayne Routledge, obviously. Wayne Routledge. Wayne Routledge. Ian Walsh isn't on the list. Isn't he? It's not to say that he didn't, but he's not on the list. All, all of the ones that JD has done are since 2008, which probably speaks volumes. Oh. Okay, we, JD's. We, we, we cross Wayne Routledge off the list. Yep. That's no, no, Wayne Routledge is on the list. Oh, he's on the list of players we can't mention. No, you can mention him. Jazz okay, Richards. so yeah, okay, we've crossed Richards. him off. Jazz Richards, yeah. He's, he's well, it's, it's all up to you, Kev. Good answer. A very, what? very famous Palace winger who's now a coach. Kit Simons? No. Winger! He's Welsh, isn't he? <laughs> You'll edit the silence out, won't you? <laughs> no, I'm not going to edit the silence. <laughs> Who's your coach? Just the gentle sound uh, of Travis Vaping. Or did coach at Crystal Palace until relatively recently. Salaka. Really? Salad. Indeed. Maybe it's Swansea that taught him to play. Not like best hit. So JD's putting his notes. Other than Coleman and Coochie, and then the first name he's put in the brackets as part of the correct answers is Chef Coochie. That's all attention to detail. Um, I'll, I'll give you some clues. Uh, signed by. Ian Holloway. I thought we got three. Yeah, I've got three. I was, I was helping get to, get to more than that. Oh, okay. I thought Signed the answer to the question was three. Signed three. by Holloway. Not that popular. Uh, and then ended up on loan at just about everyone shortly thereafter. Dobby. 
Indeed. Good one. Yeah. Now at Celtic, winger. Oh, um, uh, well, no, yes. Uh, was it Man City? Uh, Indeed. Played in a game where we won, beat Bristol City. What's his name? Not. Oh, Scott, no. Yes. Scott. Sinclair. Sinclair. Scott. Yeah, of course. Scott yeah. Sinclair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what the other three are. It's uh, Craig BT, Jermaine Easter, and Kemi Augustian. Wow. Good guess. Definitely would have been. He was a Yeah. Right. Okay. JD does this one every time, so you now need to guess. Is it about losing? It's about losing. (laughs) Palace and Swansea have played each other twenty-five times in all. I would have thought it'd be more than that, but there we go. Twenty-five times in all. Who has won more games? (sighs) Well, it's a cliffhanger, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Really? This is why I don't watch Pointless. Um, <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, uh, we've got two options here. <laughs> I'm going to guess Swansea. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna, yeah, I was going to yeah. guess Swansea as well. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> you don't put a lot of effort into these quizzes, does he, really? Uh, Swansea yeah. have a total of ten and Palace have five. Oh, there Swansea. you go, yeah. Okay. It's not a particularly good record at they all. Did, they went about four years in a row, beat us 3-0, didn't what, they? What is the record again? Uh, Swansea have beaten f- Palace ten times. Palace have beaten Swansea five times. So presumably there have been ten draws. The year they got promoted out of the Championship, they beat three 0 at Sellers Park. I mean, probably the best performance Michu. I've seen. Remember Michu? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, was that the, the game in which well, he had like maybe six? Yeah, they were brilliant. Had, they were yeah. fan- they passed yeah. us off the pitch. Yeah, where where is he at now, Michu? Somewhere in Spain again. I think. Yeah. I think he's just chilling these days. Um, final question: Scott Dan scored his final goal of the season at the Liberty last campaign but how many did he get in total last season that's so terrible oh, was, it, was it eight or something really? seven I didn't write seven the quiz seven or eight was it, it was seven or eight. I know it was definitely under ten but I know it was the highest scoring defender in the Premier League last season but that's the sort of question you might as well say I think it, I th- it was either seven or eight I think it was either <laughs> seven or eight how many, how many light bulbs? If you count the number of light bulbs at Swansea and divide them by the number of light bulbs at Cheltenham, how many did you get? That's so tenuous. I just think I'm going to put this quiz out of its misery and shoot it. Is it seven or eight? Yeah, can we, can we put it? It's, it's five. <laughs> right, let's go on to oh, predictions. Can we put the whole quiz out of its what's, what's going what's to happen then on Saturday? So, uh, it's a huge game, really, isn't it? Yes, it is. Looking at the league positions, I mean, we could, we could be second bottom uh, on Sunday evening. We could be 11th. It's it's the nature of the performance, I think, that's more important. Uh, but as we said earlier on, we've got two games, Swansea and Hull. If you had to pick the next two away games, you'd pick those games. Mm. I'd, I'd, I would like to think we would win, but I thought we would win against Burnley. I'd, it's, I'd be very interested to see how he sets up at the start of the game, whether he reverts back to a kind of gung-ho approach or, or whether he starts with two up front, or I don't know, but... I think if we have to start acknowledging the fact we are in trouble. That's the other thing as well. I would do wish the club would acknowledge that we are in a difficult situation, mm-hmm. not in a false position, which was one of the problems with Pardew from around February last season. It refused to acknowledge that things weren't going particularly well. I think if we don't get some sort of result at Swansea, the fans are going to be furious, which I know it's not the most amazing prediction, but... I just can't see us keeping the clean sheet again, so I'd, maybe a 2-1 win, I don't know. But I still think it's a bit weird that this uh, stay-in or leave game for Pardew that everyone's making out to be against Swansea is either win or lose. 
is against the one manager in the Premier League who has lower odds of being sacked because of his performance than Pardew himself or one of the other two managers. If we win this game, how much higher will it put us up in terms of points gained this season to the other 92 no, teams in point. the first league? If we did win this game, OK, we, we've won a game. And I hate to say this in a really moany, pessimistic way, and I don't want to get but you... you're going to, aren't you? I, yeah, I'm going to. But even if we did win this game, would it give Pardew more time and in the long run be more of a defect than it is effect, if you know what I mean? Would... Uh, I don't want to say it in this way. Would it be almost better if it wasn't a good result and it got him out and we did have someone that would just give a fresh... A I mean, fresh I think it's the next... I, think, I don't so think it's this game. It's the next three games. It's, 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 next, it's well, Southampton. I, 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 but I think that two games go, we'll go against the next three games and this next game... Well, no, that's why I don't think they'll get rid of him because there's, there's no logic. Why would they wait till now? They've just gone to New York. I don't know. Don't I don't meetings. know. Like, they've got a new little plan for a few months, I think. But, I, I think. I think he's... It seems to me the way he was talking, the way Steve Parrish is talking, that... I think it's significant that they got called out there and they were both yeah. called out there. But I think his demeanour and his body language and the way he's been speaking since is I think they've probably said to him he's he's got till January. I don't, he's, he's he's not behaving like a manager who's under pressure who's got to win this game. Uh and I don't think you should a team should go into a game Think thinking that it's to be all for a minute. Otherwise, it completely changes the mentality yeah. of and, everything. And the know, way he's not. talking about replacing Soiree, I think he's been told that he's got money and time to, to spend that. in January. Mm. Um, and whether that's, you know, you could argue that that's the, the right thing because the other big question is who do we bring in if we do yeah. sack him now? And, and, and the fact is, it, if we get, seven, you know, I think even Sunderland fans would expect seven points out of the next three games. That we have, and, and we're quite capable of getting them. And if we do, then things don't look that that bad. Because, like I say, we could end up eleventh on Sunday night, depending on other results. But the one thing I think it's I'd... the manner of the. I think it's the manner of the performance on. Well, this is the thing. I, th- I, 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 I yeah. would personally tend to agree that he. I, I think he's probably got three games that, depending on how he does in those three games, could impact upon his sustainability at the club. But. Mm. To the extent we go to Swansea and put in a really stinking performance yeah. and lose three nil, for example, I think he's starting to get onto pretty rocky ground, and that's that's yeah, where no, it could yeah. become. Pivotal. The only thing for me about keeping him on until January is the fact that in the previous seasons we've been in the Premier League, our hardest part of the season has been the last three games in May and the opening five or six games in August and September, whereas this season. Our hardest games are all coming in April and May. Mm. So if you keep him until January and we win this game and we go to how many points? Fourteen, and then we only manage to collect another four or five points from then. You're ta- you're talking about nineteen, twenty points when we get to Christmas, and you want forty, yeah, mm. on average to stay in the league. And if you look at the last two months in April and May, we've got Chelsea away, yeah, Man yeah. United away, City away, yeah. Arsenal away. Um, you've got Southampton away. You've got Leicester at home, mm. which you could probably get a point from. You've got Nor- you've got uh, forget, Burnley at home. Forget the home games. You've got Burnley at home. Well, maybe you got Burnley at home, which mm. you know potentially you could get to one or three points. And you've got who else? I think it's maybe Sunderland at home. I mm. don't quote me on that, but I know that we've got a lot of hard fixtures. Usually, it's just like the last four games that we got the hard. But I really think that if we haven't got at least 35 points, 36 points mm. by April, then 
we'll be in serious contention for going down, judging by the games we have from April onwards. Our last nine games in the Premier League are going to be tough because we're going to be playing... No, it's Hull, not Sunderland. It's two teams that are probably going to be in a relegation battle that are going to really want points and need points. And we're playing against a load of teams that are going to be pushing for Champions League but we shouldn't even be league. talking about this. After no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. And that's, and, that's, I know, that's I know we should. That, and that, that exactly, and that's the annoying thing. But, so if we if, other, we if we do the, win this game and it gives them a leeway to January, would it be more of a defect than just thinking right? We've got three points and that's given him a chance to go until January. Or would you rather just think right? Let's sacrifice this game, bring someone else in afterwards, and make it more secure for when April comes around. Well, so when it comes to April, you think oh, we have this many games left to go. We need this many points, and we can't see that if, happening. If we limp through to January and we're fourth from bottom, it's going to be much harder to attract players in than it would be if we were seventh, eighth, ninth. And I know people you, you talk about you know, whatever Premier League club, but of course people are going to be less likely to join us even on loan. If we're struggling, it's going to be harder to integrate them into a struggling team. And the other thing is, the big point is somebody said to me on uh, yesterday. You look at Burnley. Burnley were terrible against West Brom, but Burnley are a palpably better team than they were the last time they were in the Premier League because their home form is much much better. They've learned that all all you want from Palace is to improve every year, even if it's two points, mm-hmm. even if you finish eleventh one season, tenth the next. We just we look again. We look like a team who's just been promoted, and again we look like we're in a situation where we're going to be battling relegation. And you kind of think, from from the, the very top of the club, from Steve Parrish down, you wonder how this has been allowed to happen. How has it happened that we were so happy before the international break, after the Everton game, when we were joking about the fact that you know, it's going to be a short pod because we look like a competent team? And so, what's happened in the meantime? Is it because is it our expectations that have gone completely wrong? How has it happened that we're in this situation? That and the fact is, we have to acknowledge that we're in a rele- we are in a relegation battle. There's no two ways about it. That almost and the fact op- is that Swansea, Southampton, Hull are massive, massive games for us. And it's, I, and I, but I don't know the answer. My, my, I'm reluctantly in now in the camp that says we need to change our manager and that we should do it sooner rather than later because even if we do get some points out of the next three games I still have no confidence that we'll get points out of the games after that I've still got no confidence that we'll get our home form is going to improve because there's no sign of of that happening and he's not what's, he's just not getting better with better players we've got better players in he's trying to change the way we play and it's still not working the next three games are significant not just because they're the next three games but I think you'd need to get five or six out of that. So two draws and a win, or two wins. Yeah, it's got to be. And then the reason why it's important because the next two games after that so are Chelsea, United Man, and Chelsea yeah. in the space of four days yeah. at home, and then it's Christmas, yeah. and then there's crunch talks about January. Yeah. So the next three games are so important because it's pretty much a shoe into well, January I, after I, that. I think it's significant that you're talking about getting five or six when we should be saying we should be getting nine out of these, these next three games, and it's. Okay, yeah. so if we're going to get nine out of these next three games, we need obviously three from this next game. So time to next on the line. What 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 are your scores predictions? Well, I'd like to think that Swansea. Kelly won't start, and he'll put. Think? I'd like to think he'll put Wardy at left back. If he's got any sense at all. <laughs> um, and then Tomkins right back. Yeah, what? I would do that. He's got to do something. He's got to address that situation because yeah. yeah. the he's, he's either do that or yeah. or give Fryers a chance at left back. I yeah. think those are the two I agree. options. It's yeah. got to be that. And then I think Punch needs to play on the left yeah. to get some service into Benteke. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I drop Townsend. Yeah, Zaha on the right. And I think if he sets up like that, we're in with a chance of addressing what's going wrong. Um, we'll however, just based on what I've had to watch since August, I think it's going to be a draw. 
I think we'll take the lead we'll and they'll steal one back. I'll take the Dash. I'll take a one we, we got a draw last season, didn't we? Well, if you're talking about what we've seen since the beginning of the season, we'll probably start off 1-0, go to 1-1 in the last 20 minutes, try and win the game and end up losing in the 90th minute to a free-kick Sigurdsson within 25 yards. And then be kicking ourselves in the feet that we didn't jump in the wall. Bottom line is, just got to stop the rot. Five five losses. Just got to stop the rot. But we could have done that. We could have taken the draw in the last two games, and the mood would be so so different. Exactly. We, we if, if we had taken, we would have got two points, and we'd be on yeah. thirteen instead of eleven. And in the the tightness at the bottom ten in the Premier League is at the moment, mm. we could potentially be three places higher. I haven't looked at the yeah. league. Don't quote me on that again. But it, it's just one of those things that points mean everything, and it's getting more and more like the more money that's coming into this league, the more that a single point means a lot. It does. And yeah. we have a manager who doesn't want to get a point. He wants to get three yeah. or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a major problem. Well, let's, let's hope on Saturday it's not nothing and that we actually get at least one, hopefully three points. Um, Kevin Day, thank you very much, You're as welcome. ever. Travis Endicott. And yeah. debutante, Jesse Boyce. Thank you very much for joining back. us. He'll be definitely be back. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. anyone who turns up with wine for Kevin Day <laughs> immediately in great shape. Well, be like I'm, fries. I'm, 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 I'm already on my uh, phone back. booking a ticket for a musical <laughs> next Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday evening. So I'll JD's put you before absent. any musical. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm booking one for JD, so you can definitely be here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so join us after the Swansea game, and we shall see you. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you. Podcast Network.